Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. The number one thing we get asked about is healthy, hearty snack recommendations. In fact, the name of our show was inspired by our response to the constant snack requests. And judging from how parents react when they hear, didn't I just feed you, we are not alone. It seems all parents with kids across all ages find keeping up with snacking a major challenge. Not to mention our own snacking, too. We busy parents also need snacks that can fuel us in the right way, which is why we couldn't be more excited to share our new sponsor, Sunny. You guys, they might be the holy grail of snacks. Sunny snacks are 100% organic, prepackaged snacks made with honest-to-goodness ingredients that are perfect grab-and-go sustenance for the whole family. Whether you're between meetings or picking the kids up at school, Sunny snacks provide balanced nutrition to busy families on the go. They make a hummus dipper, pizza dipper, guac dipper, taco dipper, and granola bites with fresh blueberries. Think filling combinations of fresh dips, their delicious cassava, flaxseed crackers, or bread dippers, and even cheese in some cases, all neatly packaged up and ready to eat. And we don't use the word fresh lightly. Sunny snack packs are made fresh weekly and shipped to your doorstep without any added preservatives, fillers, or gums. Sunny Snacks are a lifesaver, and of course they are. They're the product of a mom-owned business dedicated to supporting busy families with on-the-go solutions they can feel great about. Job well done. Our kids are sold, even the teens, and we love them too. Yay! Learn more about Sunny and order the snack packs we're obsessed with at feelsunny.com. 
Use the exclusive code D-I-J-F-Y to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off at feelsunnie.com code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Y'all, by now you know that we're huge fans of KiwiCo. And actually, it's not just us. Our kids are big fans too. And Yummy Crate, the latest KiwiCo subscription line, has only made them even more excited to tear into their monthly KiwiCo delivery. Even better than the kids being excited, Yummy Crate has gotten my daughter so excited about cooking that she's looking forward to helping prep school lunches and even help make dinner on some nights. That's amazing. And you know what, Megan? We have proof of that too. This summer on Instagram, we shared the burgers that she made with one of her recent Yummy Crates. And I say that counts as full-on dinner help. Plus, they looked delicious. They were, and the whole process was simple too. Each month, Yummy Crate delivers high-quality kitchen tools, three recipes, and two projects that teach kitchen skills and get kids cooking. Before each crate arrives, you also get a shopping list that includes alternative ingredients to accommodate different diets from vegetarian to vegan. Done and done. KiwiGo is designed to foster a love of science and cooking in kids ages 6 to 14 with recipes and activities that explore hands-on experimentation. And there it is, all really happening in your very own kitchen. And it can happen in yours too. Feed your kids curiosity this fall with hands-on kitchen experiments with Yummy Crate from KiwiCo. It's easy with no commitment. You can pause or cancel anytime. And didn't I just feed you listeners get 50% off their first month plus free shipping with the code D-I-J-F-Y at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com. Promo code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. There are cheap grocery stores. You might not like love that as the first choice. It might feel like McDonald's as an option, but the reality is it's one of those ways that you can save money on the things that you're already buying. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. You guys, today we are answering a listener question. We heard from Emily who said, I love your podcast and have gained so many ideas for feeding my family. Mm, thank you, Emily. With food costs soaring, I am wondering if you consider doing an episode on some practical tips for families to manage. I already limit snacks and focus on whole foods. I chop things up. I make a lot of stuff from scratch, but my family eats meat and those prices are astronomical. Much of the advice for addressing food prices fails to consider that many of us are already doing what we can to stretch our food budgets. Short of becoming vegan, which is not in the cards for us, what can we do? Ah, uh, this is a I love good this question one. so much. So much. But real quick, before we get into that... We want to make sure that everyone listening knows that you could be getting two additional episodes every single month from us by becoming a supporting member. Did you know that? Did you? And we hope, gosh, we hope you do. But if you didn't already, combined with our regular weekly episodes, our every other week, what we're cooking, eating, and now episodes, those bonus episodes mean that you'd get us in your earbuds eight times a month, twice a week. Bonus episode content isn't published anywhere else and includes everything from bonus questions with guests to listeners' questions. We talk about body image, our favorite cookbooks, and more personal stuff like our moms. (laughs) 
<laughs> Visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community to sign up. All right. One more piece of business before we get to Emily's question. We just want to address a couple of things with y'all. So we had started a series last year called Use It Up. In fact, we have a really great Use It Up episode that's perfect for right now. It's with Genevieve Co. of the New York Times. It's all about fall baking staples. And we were thinking, like, when you buy all that pumpkin and you pick all those apples, you're so excited. Then what do you do with them? And fall baking is, you know, something that we all love to do. It's cozy. Genevieve is a great home baker. That's a great one. You may notice that we haven't done another one (laughs) since, or maybe we've only done one more, but it is not because we forgot y'all. We have planned a couple of episodes and they just haven't felt super compelling. And we're just trying to rethink where that content makes more sense. Our sense is that it's probably better social content, maybe even like hearing what you guys are looking to use up and then responding in real time on Instagram, maybe on TikTok. We don't know, but we haven't forgotten. It's something we're thinking about for 2023. So there's that. The other series that we started last year that we love and we got really great response from is called How We Feed. We'd hope to do one every month, but honestly, between summer and then the fact that it requires a guest to come in and give us their different expertise, it's kind of hard to get someone on every single month when we have so much to say, just the two of us. (laughs) But that series is not done. We have a couple of really fantastic How We Feed episodes coming up. And in fact, a couple of them came from you guys. You wrote to us saying, this is something I'm interested in. In one case, somebody even recommended an expert that we're talking to to try to get on. So if there's a thing that you want us to talk about, like a special circumstance under which you know, you're feeding or you see someone in your community feeding a family and you think it'd be great for us to cover that right to us. Okay. Please. Please. I don't think we say enough that one of the reasons that we love Didn't I Just Feed You is that for both Stacey and I, who we've worked in food media for, we say like over a combined 20 years, but I think it's even longer than that. I feel like add all, all of our years together, oh, like maybe like 30 <laughs> years. I started working in food media when I was seven years old is that it's actually the most rewarding project that we have worked on because we get to actually help people either have better like mental clarity about feeding their families or like actually enjoy it a little bit more or just honestly like get in and get out of the kitchen faster if that's what they're looking for. So we genuinely like had another episode planned this week and we're like, okay, we'll just move that back a little bit because we would much rather answer Emily's question which we think is a really juicy one and we think a lot of people are dealing with right now, then we would talk about apples again. Yeah, seriously. Not that we don't love apples. We love apples. But like, <laughs> and we know you all need to know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> the budget question is so good. And I have to say that it also uh, bubbles up a, like a bunch of big feelings for me. We, I, I, Stacey and I have talked about this and this is definitely one of those juicy episodes in the community where we've talked about how, um, we both grew up with a little bit of like food insecurity, but also diet culture. And I think that a lot of the budget advice that's going around right now from food media, from parenting media, as we're seeing like the cost of groceries continue to rise, isn't great. 
And some of it I've dosed out, we've dosed out. I think we should talk first about this idea of like, how can someone who's like already do, let's address what are all the things that this person, that Emily's already doing. Sounds like Emily's already meal planning. She's already doing a lot of like meal prep and avoiding convenience foods. She's probably already eating meat free a couple times a week. Um, what other advice is out there about like ways to cut budget? Buying bulk, cooking more bulk. homemade stuff, especially with the snacks and the packaged foods. Those are the two main things that come to mind. And yeah, I think those that, are the big things. Those are the big things. And I think the thing that gets us is that it creates much more labor. Yes. For whoever is the primary home cook. Yes. And that is a real challenge. Like we're trying to challenge ourselves, ourselves to think beyond the typical advice and to be mindful about the labor. But gosh, Megan, I don't know. Like there's a part of me that's like, yeah, like to save more money means to do more work. And it could be as simple as like shopping at Aldi instead of, you know, or like going to Costco, which a lot of people already do. But that might be further away from you than, you know, a regular supermarket or cutting coupons. That takes time. Who has time to do it? You know, when you're already like buying a bag of carrots instead of the baby carrots and like washing and cutting them up into small pieces so that they're ready to go into the lunchbox. I don't know the workaround on this one, just in terms of thinking about um, the extra labor that it costs. Right. And I think that that brings up a really good point and something that we've talked about personally, which is like, there are people for who that advice is actually really great and will be really helpful because they already like to cook and like to be in the kitchen. And it makes sense for them to take 10 extra minutes and prep their own carrots rather than buy the more expensive baby carrots. And then there are people for who they're already so time strapped that that seems like an impossible hurdle for them to overcome in order to save, you know, 20 cents a week. Yeah, it's a tough one. And I, I think that it's really a matter of getting honest with yourself. I have this thing, I wrote about it in Make It Easy, that I think that a lot of people think that the the work of planning is something that has to be done on this regular basis that can be really difficult to find the time for. But actually, sometimes if you just take 30 minutes at the top of the month, at the top of the quarter, and think about it and do some planning and thinking, that work, that mental labor can last you a few weeks. You don't have to do it over and over. And I think that in this case, for someone like Emily, like really taking stock of what is it that she's doing? What is it that she could add on? Like, here's an example, because she mentioned meat specifically. Breaking down the chicken, buying a yes. whole bird, buying cheaper cuts of meat, buying bigger cuts of meat that require you to break down the meat. You can get a lot out of it, and it is a lot cheaper by the pound. We actually just had another listener, Rachel, show us photos. She had photo evidence. I loved it. In our listener group that she used my cookbook, Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner, to break down a chicken for the first time. And she was like, this was so worth it. And it wasn't that much work. Now, that much work is very personal. Let's put that aside for a second. 
But Emily could just kind of take stock of what it is she's doing. What are some additional things that she's doing? What kind of time she has and who's helping her and kind of rejigger her grid to make it work. You know, like that is like, that's the kind of task that I hate doing and kind of bends my mind a little bit, but can be done in like 30 minutes, an hour, 30 minutes by yourself, a conversation with your partner afterwards, maybe your partner and your kids if they're older. And then you kind of like set yourself up for the month or for the quarter. So maybe it makes more sense for Emily to be breaking down two birds at the beginning of the week. And that will save her more than buying the whole carrots and prepping them. And then she can just kind of shift you know, it's like money and time are both the the things that we're working with here, the factors we're working with here. She can shift the time savings into an extra spend on the baby carrots. Yes. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think one of the things I love about it is that it does also allow the opportunity. I mean, it sounds like from Emily's email that she's acutely aware of like how much time she's putting into everything that she's already doing. Yes, but I think that totally. that's like, an opportunity to maybe look at like past grocery bills if she's budgeting and see what Emily is like already doing so well, like the making the bulk snacks and buying fewer convenience foods and like sounds like feeding her family a variety of foods because we don't do enough of that, right? The like taking stock and remi- reminding ourselves like, oh, we are doing a good job. And we already have made these huge improvements from six months ago at this time or last year at this time. And it might also give the opportunity to see what maybe Emily's moved to making from scratch that she could in turn buy. Like maybe it makes more sense to buy granola instead of make it too. I have a controversial thing to add to this. Oh my God. Okay. Do it. Very controversial. I think maybe. (laughs) If meat is the thing, and let's say, I don't know, we're making this up. Emily didn't say this, but let's say that her family eats meat four times a week, maybe even five times a week. There's always the like combine meat with vegetables, like Seymour Sausage is a brand that we both love. That's a packaged product. It's definitely premium priced, but just conceptually, Cara Nicoletti is the founder. She's a butcher who was on our butcher episode, all the things that your butcher wish you would ask. Something like that. I don't know if that's our actual title. That was pretty close. No, that was pretty close. I'm going to pat myself on the back there. But the idea is that her sausages are made, I don't remember the exact ratio, but let's say like 50-50, like 50 vegetables, 50 meat, that this idea of reducing, you know, maybe ground meat plus lentils, but instead of a pound and a half of ground beef, you're only using a pound or half a pound, and then you're bulking it up. But here's something else, Megan. How about adding McDonald's to your meal plan? Like, okay. No, seriously. Some of those inexpensive foods, like if this is a moment where the prices are crazy and your family loves meat like every week, every other week, every month, if you are like that feels weird to you, adding like a restaurant, a local restaurant would be great, but the prices will probably be a little bit higher. But like adding a really inexpensive meal where they can get their fix through and via chicken nuggets and right and is inexpensive, cheaper than the burgers you're going to make at home, doesn't require a lick of work. Why not? That's something that can help. 
I love that you used McDonald's because I feel like that might be the one like most controversial fast food. I did. And you could, I did it. <laughs> did that have Scorpio use... vibes? <laughs> I mean. I did it. It did. It did not. <laughs> but you could fill in the blank with any yes, totally. of that. Like, right? Like maybe you're, it works for your budget to like do Chipotle Chipotle's or expensive. Wendy's. Chipotle is expensive. I'm thinking about how we go to Five Guys and it's like as much as like. Yeah, some of our no, favorite sit down restaurants. But I is it okay? Let's dive in here a little bit. Sorry, Emily. I feel like this question implies that I wish you could see my face right now. Everyone else, that Emily food quality yes, totally. and like health of her family are important to her. Like she's doing a lot of work to make sure that they are eating well and that they're eating balance i think that's what made me say it was controversial i feel like that mcdonald's is not going to be something emily is gonna maybe incorporate i don't know or wouldn't think to yeah yeah or that it might feel weird to her but i just had that feeling from where how she wrote it and then also honestly i can relate yeah i can relate and i get frustrated too because the advice is like oh well eat less meat and like Personally, my values don't align with having a fully plant-based diet and that can be expensive unless you're like making your own tempeh and tofu from scratch every week. Like you still do buy those things that are the plant-based alternatives and those add to your budget as well. And hey, let's talk about the fact that The Atlantic, we were just talking about this, Megan, published an article where researchers are saying that it looks like an all-vegan diet may not be the most sustainable choice for the planet, that it actually could be just as bad as us eating meat at the rate we've been eating meat, and that a reduced meat diet is what might be optimal for dealing with climate change. Ooh, more controversy. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I love it. In our bodies. And we talked about this. We tried to address this a little bit when Heather from OK's Mom sent us a question that was similar of like, Okay, well, how do you, I get my kids to like eat fewer chicken nuggets in a setting without making it this like thing that feels a little bit diet culture Like those foods are more processed, they're more expensive. And so we're going to eat less of them. It's like you're really trying to give autonomy to your family. Also, I really just like the, it. I like the advice of like breaking down your own chickens. I think that that's really helpful. I like the idea too, that like you try it once or try twice and see does it save you money? Is it really as much time and labor as you might think it is? But I get tired of the advice that's like, oh, well, just like buy local meat, like find a local butcher and buy, you know, buy stuff from the, them, share a cow, et cetera, et cetera. Because then you have to figure out breaking all that down, using all that stuff. And you might have to buy an additional fridge or freezer to store all of it, which costs money as far as like your energy bill. And that's more, more labor on that person who's like the primary cook. Are you talking about in general or when it comes processed frozen? Because just a lot of the farm, direct to farm stuff is frozen when you buy it. Yes, yes. Or like I think of our friends who they hunt and so they break down a couple of deers every mm -hmm. year and then they just like, they do have an extra freezer and that's one of their primary meat sources. Yeah. And like, honestly, that's really great. Like that saves them a lot of money. <laughs> But then I don't want to tell Emily she has to go hunt to be no, able to 100%. <laughs> I do think that dealing with a butcher, it can be great, though. Like if you can just find a yes. butcher, 
Because I think that, you know, the general advice is buy a cheaper cut of meat. And it's like, well, what the hell is that? And then if you literally just buy the cheapest meat at the supermarket and you just prep it the way you're used to prepping other cuts of meat, it may not come out well. That having someone who you can say, what's inexpensive right now that I can get to feed my family of six, let's say, And can you tell me how to cook it? Like cook it best. Yeah. Your butcher will be able to do that. So even if you just go like once or twice, and then if you find that it's more expensive at the butcher and cheaper at the supermarket, you can kind of switch over. But knowing how to cook inexpensive cuts of meat or new to you cuts of meat is really important too. Because then if it's a flop and you have this beef and it's tough, you're like, well, this isn't a sustainable solution for me. Right. I'm going to go back to buying what you're used to buying. Yeah. And especially true if you did buy things like that frozen and then they just sit in your freezer and you're like, oh, God, I have all that stew meat or like venison shank. And like I we didn't like it, but I bought it in bulk because it was cheaper. Totally. And then that's a weird waste of money, too. Before we get into the rest of this week's episode, let's take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. Stacy, this year, fall and winter mean back to the classroom, sports, after-school activities, and even fall and winter holidays. Masks, optional. So more than ever, I'm looking to do all that I can to keep my kids' immunity boosted. I am right there with you. These days, staying well is not just about keeping our kids and their communities safe. It's also about keeping things running smoothly, to be honest. Having the sniffles can cause confusion and stress, disruption, So vitamins are an especially important part of our routine. That's why I couldn't be more thrilled that Haya Health is back as a Didn't I Just Feed You sponsor. We were introduced to Haya's chewable children's vitamins last year, and they quickly became our favorite. And it's no wonder that they did. Haya vitamins are made with a blend of 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, teeth, bones, and more. And the best part is that they are made with zero sugar. Did you know that typical children's vitamins are filled with as much as two teaspoons of sugar, a bunch of chemicals, and other stuff that many parents try to avoid? None of that is found in Haya Vitamins. It's also hard to beat their convenience. Haya Vitamins come straight to your door with a pediatrician-recommended schedule. The first month comes with a reusable glass bottle that your kids can personalize with stickers. Then every month thereafter, Haya sends a no-plastic refill pouch of fresh vitamins. Good for the planet, no sugar, non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and my kids like them. What's not to love? We've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamins. Receive 50% off your first order at HayaHealth.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y and get your kids the full body nourishment they need. Last year, both Stacy and I discovered Nutrafol, a supplement that supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. We've been so thrilled with the results that in 2022, we want to make sure every woman knows about Nutrafol, because as it turns out, 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. 
Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through seasons when hair loss and thinning are normal, like postpartum and premenopausal, and all the times in between. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, and more than 1,500 doctors recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. Most importantly, Nutrafol is 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages, so you get the most reliable results. And major bonus, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and my favorite, better skin and nails. No matter your stage in life or whether you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress, hormonal changes, overstyling, or some other reason, there's a Nutrafol product for you. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for personalized product recommendations. Grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code D-I-J-F-Y to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus get free shipping on every order. That's $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code D-I-J-F-Y. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Brittany, and together we host OKS Moms, the podcast. Every Tuesday, you can find us in your podcast feed with a new episode on a variety of motherhood topics. Motherhood looks differently for everyone, and none of us are doing it perfectly, no matter what anyone's Instagram feed tells you. We believe that in order to be the best mom, whatever that looks like to you, you need to carve out an identity for yourself so that you feel like someone other than just mom. With a mix of lighthearted episodes where we discuss things like pop culture and kids' birthday party norms, to heavier topics like helping children cope with grief and redefining your relationship with alcohol, we set out to normalize imperfect motherhood and empower you to make whatever decision is best for you and your family. And don't miss our monthly OKS Mom Moment episodes where we share listener-submitted stories from the motherhood trenches. You know, those moments that we all have that leave you saying WTF or the times you got a dirty look in public for letting your child do something that they, quote, shouldn't do. The kind of stuff that you'd only share with your best girlfriends and not strangers on the internet. Find us wherever you get your podcasts on Instagram at Podcast or at okayestmoms.com. Can I say something that's a little bit controversial? Yes. I want it to be all controversial (laughs) today. (laughs) It's my mood. I know. Because are we both just like a little bit mad that it's like for, for as long as we've both been in food media, it's the same advice. It's like meal plan eat less meat, yeah, and buy in bulk, I think stop buying convenience things. Like, are we mad and at like, ourselves too? Like, I think we wish we yes. had some brilliant solution to help Emily. So we're really stretching. But you realize that when you stretch and you say like buy McDonald's once a week, it feels controversial. It feels like it could be hard for some people. And then it makes me mad at the system, like that there isn't a system for making sure that essentials for family life baseline aren't protected by the government in some ways so that we can make sure everyone can afford food. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Controversy. Do it. It's okay. It's like right in line with that because the closest grocery store to us is a Walmart and we often avoid it because like, like the McDonald's thing, like we talked about in a recent, Ooh, was it a listener's group episode? 
where we talked about Chick-fil-A and like fast food yes. eating. Yes. I don't love Walmart's like values as a giant corporation for on so many levels, but I've had to shop there recently and they have good quality organic meats and a lot of stuff goes on sale and they like they have decent produce and it is always significantly cheaper when we shop at Walmart than if we go to Publix or Food City or any of the other grocery stores that are close to us. And so I think that that like, you know, you mentioned Costco and Aldi. And I just want to say there are cheap grocery stores. You might not like love that as the first choice. It might feel like McDonald's as an option. But the reality is it's one of those ways that you can save money on the things that you're already buying. Totally. Also thinking about hot dogs, like what are some ways that can satisfy the meat thing? Like my kids love hot dogs. You all, you all know I love hot dogs too. I don't know why I'm playing here. And a sausage. Like it's my kids and a sausage. Yeah. But it is like a hot dog or two hot dogs is not quite enough food. I do find myself making more veggies and sides when hot dogs is on the meal plan just to like bulk up dinner because I'm feeding a six foot 15 year old and a like ridiculously tall <laughs> 13 year old boy <laughs> and a six four husband like it's just not enough to give them hot dogs and then be like here's some potato chips and a green salad like that's not enough right. food so thinking about those less expensive meats that hit the spot for your family and bring that food joy and kind of satisfy and then how you can bulk them up using the less expensive, like bulk sides, grains, maybe veggies, depending on what's on hand is also kind of helpful. This is a little bit of an aside, but recently I've seen a lot of people like on the internet, probably on Instagram and TikTok using hot dogs to flavor yeah. other things mm. like hot mm -hmm. dogs, hot dogs in like the mac and cheese. Water. I want to talk about it. Hot dogs <laughs> in a pot of beans or Molly Boz in her cookbook. She does beans with like bologna yeah. in the pot of beans. Yeah, girl, like delish. Cheap processed meat to flavor things that we think of as like sort of nice, fancier, Hot dogs and scrambled eggs. New York Times on my meal plan, even though nobody is interested, I keep putting it on my meal plan and pushing it off. Pizza with kimchi hot dogs and corn. Oh my God, that sounds so good to me. It sounds so good. Everybody was like, that sounds disgusting. Everyone in my family was like, that sounds disgusting. I was like, you're wrong, but then I haven't made it yet because I want them to eat dinner. But yeah, and like thinking about meat on pizza, like that's another one. Like making, again, labor, we're just acknowledging it. But, you know, you can make a pizza dough real cheap. You can buy a pizza dough if it fits in your budget. And then like pepperoni and other processed meat or like sausage, but a smaller amount that you can open the casings and crumble it on. That feels like a dinner that has meat in it, but it's a, it's a more strategic way of using meat without like adding lentils, which let's be honest that like bulk it up with lentils. I actually love that recommendation, but I love it because it works for my family and I can completely imagine why it wouldn't work for some families. Like if you had yeah. a a bolognese sauce that was part lentils. Like, I think it's a legit reaction to be like, WTF is this. Right. Because it's not what you know. Yeah. And you're like, lentils? I want beef. Chilies. Chilies are another one. But like, 
stew meats are less expensive. Chili, you can really bulk up with beans. That is combining beans and meat, but in a way that people are more used to. And it doesn't feel like it's because you're trying to skimp on meat. Right. It's there's a flavor reason to do it. Yes. To totally. flavor, texture, adding veggies, like using what's in season. Okay. You mentioned meal plan, your meal plan. So now we have to talk about meal planning because it is the advice that for so long I gave where I was like, oh, if you're struggling with your grocery budget, like maybe try meal planning. If you're already meal planning dinner, can you meal plan some breakfast and lunch things too? So you're like a little more organized on that. And then as a third layer, can you meal plan some snacks? And like, that's more labor. Is that even good advice? Leslie Telez wrote for Epicurious, like in the last couple of weeks, this article about why meal planning might be problematic. Stacey's, I can see her. She's going to pull up the link to the article. Well, it's like the name. I was really pissed when I saw it. And I'll tell I was you why. also very upset <laughs> internally. So Leslie Telez is a former guest or a guest. She's been on Didn't I Just Feed You? And she's fantastic. She's wonderful. She's smart. She's thoughtful. I have a feeling that the thing that pissed me off was something that was out of her hands, if my experience bears any um, relevance here. Because the title was Stop Telling Busy Parents to Meal Plan. And very often titles are done by the editors. And it immediately made me want to be like, F you. Here's why. Because I hate these extreme reactions. Leslie actually makes a really great point, which is that for some parents, meal planning is a kind of labor that feels very heavy for them. It takes up too much time. They find it really hard to follow their meal plan. Then there's food waste. Like, we get it. That totally makes sense. If you're one of those people and everyone's saying meal plan, meal plan, meal plan, that's frustrating. And there needs to be room in the space for someone to say, hey, meal planning is not for everybody. It doesn't work for me. And here's why. But when you have a title like Stop Telling Parents, you're just as bad as the people who are saying meal Meal planning will save your life. Yes. Yes, you're exactly a part of the problem, because the truth is meal planning for the people for whom it works, it saves a ton of money and energy and time and panic. That 630 moment where you go to the fridge and you don't know what you're going to make like that can cause a lot of anxiety and stress. So anyway, I for us, meal planning works. We both have a theory unproven of course, that meal planning probably works for more people than it seems like it does because meal planning has been presented in a very specific way, but that actually there's a whole lot of different ways to approach meal planning that could work for different people. And so, you know, I think that what the one thing that Leslie's article didn't address is that Even when you're, quote unquote, cooking from the hip, which is what she referenced and which was also a reference to Ali Slagle's book, I Dream of Dinners, so that you don't have to. And Ali's actually going to be a guest in a couple of episodes. Cooking from the hip still requires some kind of planning. You're just doing it in real time. P.S. You know what I mean? That is planning. 
I know. I just like, it's one of the, I, we can see each other on the video and like, it's one of, this is one of those episodes where like, I wish we had maybe video. Maybe we should share the <laughs> yes. video. We have to pay extra for that. So, okay. Um, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but like, we just need more people to subscribe in the community. Um, <laughs> just being really frank because your face, when you say that, when you're like, by the way, you're still meal planning at 630. BTW. So like, yeah, it's just different timing. I think we have to talk about the nuance of meal planning. It's a skill and it's also very personal to your home life, to your family, to your work schedules, to your budget. And a lot of times I think people get in this, I get wrapped up in this idea that like, oh, I have to plan dinner every single night. And both Stacey and I like have a very strong opinion that honestly, you should probably plan like three meals at a time or maybe four meals at a time, depending on all those factors. But like you need room in your meal plan to eat up leftovers, to have McDonald's, to like have a flop meal and you end up ordering pizza or whatever it is. If you're planning every single night, you're probably going to have more food waste because that's not realistic to life. Like nobody is really... I shouldn't say nobody because I know there are people who are like very fastidious about sticking with their meal plan, but there are more people for whom which they cannot cook exactly what they planned to every night. Life happens. And I'm so glad that you called it a skill. And this is the thing that gets me. And then we should stop talking about meal planning. I think that <laughs> maybe you get the point. But like I know, the skill. Emily is already doing it. I know. I know she is. But like cooking from the hip is a skill too. And I hate when food writers act like it's not. Just cook what you like. Just look in the fridge and throw it together. That is not, that is a skill, you guys. And we know how to do it because we have to come up with recipe ideas and then develop the recipe. And we do this day after day after day. And honestly, it is much easier to teach people who think in all different ways and come from all different backgrounds and have all different life circumstances. It is much easier to teach someone a meal planning system that works for them than it is to teach someone how to cook from the hip. Also, I know we're moving on. A lot of those cooking from the hip recipes are successful because those folks, food writers, have either disposable income to spend on things that are experimental or like super flavorful that can just live in their pantry and or they've been gifted those things too. So the whole like, oh, I just make pasta and then I add this like really flavorful sauce that requires just three ingredients, but it's like harissa paste and heavy cream and like some specialty spice. Like that's not good advice. That's not good or thoughtful or practical advice for everyone else. I agree. Now, getting back to Emily, I'm really thinking about this <laughs> Sorry, <meat> thing. Emily. <laughs> you know, because the Harissa thing, I do think meal planning, even if if Emily does meal planning, I think it's a really important piece of this. And also, I think maybe there are things that Emily can do to add to her meal plan, like where she's getting the meat, how she can extend the meat, like thinking about the meat as the ingredient, the protein as the like main thing that she's shifting around her meal plan and planning around that can help her be really like diligent and thoughtful about how she's using that protein, which I think is the issue. So like, you know, I break down a chicken on or two chickens on Sunday 
then I have these four chicken breasts, then like I'm going to make wings, kind of using the meat as the foundation for her meal plan. But also you mentioned harissa, which made me think, and this is maybe not relevant to everybody, but if you live in a more urban area, going to like a halal butcher or like the Greek store, there are lots of times where like lamb, for example, lamb at the supermarket tends to be much more expensive than it is if you go to the Middle Eastern butcher or the Greek store where they have it because that's a staple of the cuisine and people are going there to buy lamb. There's like a lot of turnover and that's what they're like focused on is getting lamb. It's affordable. So exploring the international markets in your area. I mean, same with like Asian ingredients. If you go, if you get seafood from your local Publix versus going to the Japanese market where they have a huge selection of frozen and prepared seafood, it actually can often, not always, but often end up being much more affordable. Yes. But again, the labor to find the place and travel to it and it's not available to everyone, but it is something to think about if it is available to you. And it's all, I mean, that's good advice outside of me and outside of flavorful ingredients. Like if Emily sits down and she's like, shoot, it's really costing me a lot of time to make all of our snacks and snacks are really like the actual issue. It's less the meat because the meat's something that's figured out. Well, maybe that's when it is time to get like a Costco membership or just go to Walmart to buy snacks and buy snacks in bulk so that you can have more time back to break down chickens or do totally. the other things that might save money totally. too. That's what I was doing this summer is going to yeah. Walmart when we were out of the city, going to Walmart to buy snacks because the boys are flying through snacks. I would buy like sparkling water and snacks there and then get, you know, everything else from the supermarket that was a little more expensive. But buying snacks at the supermarket was just too crazy. I also think this bubbles up for me this advice that maybe it's like the parting advice, which is like, don't try to change too many things at once and then not know what's really helping or hurting. It's a rule that we use in recipe development where it's like, okay, outside of like maybe adjusting salt, like if you're going to change the flour or you're going to change the amount of brown sugar in something, you can only do one of those things. Like you can't change the flour and then change the brown sugar and then use sour cream instead of buttermilk because you'll never know what was the thing that caused your cake to fail if you are changing too many things at once. So like making those making those small adjustments and keeping track to keep your budget in check. Emily, I hope this was helpful. I hope we gave you some out of the norm advice that you can take. Emily, I hope you'll follow up with us and I hope other people will ask questions. You guys can email the way Emily did. If you're part of the community, just post to us there. We're going to put a link in the show notes for voicemail. And actually it's literally a link. So you can do it from your phone or your laptop, whatever you're working from and click it and then voice record from there. You don't have to call a phone number. Wow. That's so like 1984 to have to call a phone number, (laughs) right? Also, You can record a voice memo if you have an iPhone. It's really easy to do that and attach the voice memo. It sounds complicated, but it's just like attaching a photo or a file or whatever to email and email us at hello at didn't I just feed you. Um, and then our editor, producer, Samantha, it works for magic. It makes you sound like the brilliant listeners you are. Speaking of brilliant listeners, 
I want to hear from our Dinner and Just Feed You listeners community about how their food budgets are right now. I think it's a thing we're all kind of dealing with. We hope that you've joined us there. If not, join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com. Or if you want those bonus episodes, join our supporting community. You can also follow us on Instagram where we're at didn't I just feed you or keep in touch by signing up for our newsletter. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.